children, one of our children's leaders is here this morning, he and Lori. Yes, please say thank you for all that they do. We wanted you this morning to get a taste of a part of what, <laughs> this is the participation we wanted, so I can't complain. He's going to share a story with you guys this morning, so Brian, take it away. Thanks, guys. Uh, I don't normally do this, so if I stumble, give me a little bit of grace. Um, and as Rick said, I'm not the only one that does this. Uh, Lori helps me, and uh, she's a huge help. So if you see her, give her a big thanks. <laughs> all right. Um, so today's story comes to us. Can you all hear me okay? Okay, not too echoey. It's kind of bright up here. Um, so I want you to close your eyes just for a moment, and I want you to picture a beautiful fall day. There's not a cloud in the sky, and all around you, you can hear the rustle of the leaves and the trees, and when you open your eyes, you just see beautiful reds and oranges and yellows all around, and from where you stand on the top of the Mount of Olives, you can see just a green valley floor all around you, and you can see these high, proud walls of Jerusalem. And you look around, and there are hundreds of people around. And the last time you checked, there were not this many people because you're one of Jesus' close friends and disciples, and you've been walking with Jesus for a few weeks now. And you've been walking through little villages. You've been walking through towns. You've been walking through cities. You've been walking through Samaria. You've been through Jericho, and you've seen Jesus do some incredible things. Things that you would not believe. Things that you would try to tell your neighbors and they wouldn't believe you. And most of the people who are here on this mountaintop, they're here to catch a glimpse of one of those amazing things. They're here to see Jesus do something amazing. Like make the lame walk. Like help the blind to see. And people are here, and there's rumblings, there's whisperings that maybe this man, maybe this Jesus is the Messiah. Maybe he is the promised one that we've been waiting for. And so Jesus approaches two disciples, and it's early in the morning, and it's cold, and these two disciples are drinking hot coffee, and they're huddling close together, and they're, they've got just, you know, these thin coats that they're wearing, and they're just shivering, looking out, but they know it's going to be a beautiful day because it's bright blue sky, and Jesus taps one of them on the shoulders, and he says, good morning, gentlemen. Like, hello, Jesus? I've got a special mission for you two. For us? Yep. I need you to. You see that town down there? Yeah. I need you to go down this road. Yep, that road right there. I need you to go into that village. And in that village, you're going to find a colt. A what? A colt. It's like a donkey. Have you ever seen a donkey? Uh, yeah. Okay. You're going to find a donkey, and I want you to get the donkey, and I want you to bring it back up here. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, I think I can do that. <laughs> okay, so 
and the two disciples, they walk down this long, dusty road, down from the Mount of Olives, and they stumble into town, and they see a colt. And I forgot to mention, Jesus says, hey, this colt is pretty special. It's never been ridden before. And so they're looking around, and they see a colt. And they, they go up to these, these two owners, and they say, is this, is this colt yours? He said, yeah. Has it ever been ridden before? Uh, no, it hasn't. Okay, great. <laughs> and they take the colt. <laughs> and the owners are like, hey, come back here. That's our colt. They're like, oh, uh, I forgot to mention that. Uh, the Lord needs it. They're like, the Lord, okay. And something deep inside them just resounded, okay, this is this is true. This is good. So they take the colt, and they go back up the hill. They trudge back up the hill with this stubborn donkey. And they get there. like, Jesus, we accomplished our mission. Do we do it right? They're like, well done. And so this donkey, this colt, has never been ridden before. And so they put their jackets, they take their jackets off, even though they're freezing cold, and they put them on the colt. And Jesus climbs up on it. And he starts walking through the crowd. And all these people, they start, they stop their conversation. They start looking at Jesus. And like a a ripple runs through the crowd, this murmur of awe. And all of a sudden, this light bulb goes off in their head, and they see visions of Jesus healing the blind and the crippled. And all of a sudden, they remember. They remember these stories they've heard as a kid from the Old Testament that the Messiah would be coming and riding to Jerusalem on a colt. And all of a sudden, it's like they got it. And people started smiling and singing, and men started crying, and women started dancing, and things were going crazy. And people started shouting, blessings in the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Glory in highest heaven. And it was like nothing you had ever seen before. And Jesus started walking through this crowd of people who were dancing and singing. And you could feel the joy in the air. And everything was going just splendidly. It was like this moment they had been waiting for all their lives. Until from the side of the crowd came these three dark, gloomy figures and they walked up to Jesus, and they grabbed the horse and forced him to a halt. And they looked up at him, these dark, gloomy eyes, and they pointed their long, pointy fingers at him. And they said, how dare you? Who do you think you are? You can't be here. You can't be doing this. Are you claiming to be the son of God? Tell your people to stop talking. Tell your people to stop shouting. Who do you think you are? And all of a sudden, the people, you know, they, got, they grew quiet. They got scared. They're like, oh, no. The Pharisees were here to shut them down. But Jesus told them, even if I tell them to be quiet, the very rocks on the road would cry out. Nothing was going to stop God 
from sending Jesus to Jerusalem. Nothing was going to stop God from redeeming his people because long ago, God had a plan. He knew we were going to mess up. He knew we were going to need some help. And so he sent Jesus. And he sent him on a colt down this long, dusty road into Jerusalem. And after weeks of traveling, after camping under the stars in high meadows and deserts, after seeing incredible things, they were finally there. They were finally at Jerusalem, and Jesus wouldn't stop until he had saved his people, until he had gone to the cross, until he had died and risen from the grave so that we could be free of the power of death and that one day we would see him coming on the clouds and we would say with the angels on high, blessings in the name of the king, peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. Thank you, guys. Awesome. So when Jesus left earth and went to go be with God in heaven, he said, hey, you guys, I'm taking off now. But the same power that I used to heal the cripples or the lame and make the blind see, I'm going to leave here with you and put in you. You guys, any of the kiddos in here know who that was that he left for us? Yes? You don't know. The Holy Spirit, exactly. And so we're going to sing a good old-fashioned kid song that is all about that spirit who sometimes is called a river of life that dwells in us and flows out of us and makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. So why don't we all stand, if we're able, and I want to, is there any kids in here that know the song that's called Spring Up Oh Well? Okay, I need any kid that knows this song, okay, and we'll actually sing it well, and do, does, does anybody know the hand motions to it? Any kids? Okay. I need some lead, some kid leaders to come down and lead the rest of us in the hand motions. Is there, a, is there three kids that will do that? Okay, come on down here. Just don't stand in front of the projector. Come down here on this row down here. I need like three to five kids. Come on down. Be brave. Can everybody see these kiddos? Just don't stand in front of the projector. That's the biggest thing. Okay. Now, these kiddos are going to lead us all in hand motions to this song. And we're going to do it one time. We're going to do it one time, you know, kind of rock steady. Kind of like, not slow, but one time kind of rock steady. And then the next time, we're going to do it really fast. Because this song's really good fast, okay? So, are you guys ready? Yeah, it's the uh, river. Li- I got a river of life flowing out of me. Let's let's go over the hand motions. Okay, so first is I got a river of life flowing out of me. Do you know that part? What is it? Yeah, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. How does that part go? Do you guys know the the hand motions? Okay, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well. 
splish splash in my soul spring up a well and make me whole spring up a well and give to me that life abundantly all right we got it I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well, in my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. Spring up, oh well. And give to me that life abundantly. Here we go. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well. In my soul, spring up, oh well. And make me whole, spring up a well, and give to me that life abundantly. Oh, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out, here we go, spring up a well. In my soul, spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and give me that life abundantly. That life abundantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you guys. Amen. You guys can take a seat. Okay, now we have a story for the big people, and the little people get to listen, uh, but it'll be for everybody. So, Yeah, you'll, I'll, I'll be short. I won't use big words. I'll, I, won't, I can't be as funny, and I don't do voices. I'll never picture Peter quite the same after that, you know? <laughs> well, sure, I guess. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you, Brian. So uh, just continuing for a few minutes on our conversation about the Holy Spirit. You know, we've been talking now for about four weeks on the reality of the Holy Spirit. Appreciate uh, Derek teaching last week, uh, talking to you guys about what it means to personally be filled with the Spirit. And today I wanted to chat with you just a little bit about what it means to be uh, a family that truly walks in the Holy Spirit. Uh, In one regard in particular today, and that is the area of worry and prayer. So in Philippians, Paul says something that I actually like translated through the New Living uh, the best, because this is what Paul says. To the Philippians, near the end of the letter, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Pretty simple. Not a lot to explain. Profound and yet difficult to do. But I would suggest to you that this is what God has called us to do. And we certainly live in a culture that is fast-paced and sometimes frustrating and many times um, fearful with all that goes on with people that are are in leadership that we're concerned about in various places. 
And, uh, and yet God says to us through the scriptures, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And I would suggest to you that this is the way that we really do walk in the Holy Spirit. Because when we find ourselves anxious or fearful, we are walking outside of faith. We are walking outside of the promises of God and the calling that he has on us. And I think sometimes we look at um, peace and trust in God as just for us. And so it's kind of optional. You know, I, I can stay anxious if I want, or I could choose to trust God to pray and to have faith in his control and his sovereignty and his power and his love, or not. And it, it's just for me. But actually, it's not just for us. But everyone in our families, everyone in our household, and actually everyone in our lives gets to see how we live and how we live and breathe. And so it isn't just for us, for the sake of our comfort, that we have the Spirit of God to be a comforter in our lives. But it's actually for everyone in our lives. Because this is the opportunity for us to actually reveal Jesus Christ to the world, kind of one person or one small group at a time, wherever we live and wherever we are. And so God has called us to be at peace and to not be anxious and not be fearful, but to trust not simply for our own personal comfort, because it is a witness. It is a revelation to the people in our lives that God is with us and that we are with God. So I want to encourage you, and I actually want to give kids permission this week to catch mom and dad worrying. If you can possibly catch mom and dad worrying, you get to say to them, hey, remember what Paul said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Let your request be named to God, and the God of all peace will comfort you. And see if you as a family can step into that. This is our call. It's not just a nice option, a relief if we want it, but it's a calling that we have. Just on a personal note, um, Tricia and I have been stepping more and more in this last year into this reality. And so as different things have come out of our lives, we have adult kids, and adult kids may not live in your house, but they still bring you both joy and grief, uh, as they do when they are in your house. And there are times when you watch them succeed and do well, and you praise God, and you wonder how, how they do that so well, knowing who their parents are. But on the flip side, um, you see them struggle, and you see them go through some difficult things. And, and as a parent of adult kids, there's not a lot you can do about that directly. You don't tell them what to do. And they already know what you would say. So heaven forbid you try to re-exert your parental authority. That's just not even loving. But the one thing that you do is, is your heart is concerned. And sometimes your heart is even broken. And we are learning, Trisha and I, more and more to step into at that moment when the stress is there, when the fear is there, when the... Uh, anguish or depression start to set in and say, no, I will not worry, but I will trust God. And then we just step in together and we pray. And you know what? When we're done praying, the peace of God is present. And there's a confidence in us again that God is loving and leading our children and that we can release that responsibility to him. And even on a, on a more personal note, this last week I was doing some homework. I'm in a, a doctoral program right now at George Fox going to school. And, uh, I had a paper to write, and I didn't have a lot of time left. I needed to finish reading 100 words in a book and write 1,000 words and turn it in by midnight on Tuesday. And I just didn't feel like doing it, and I didn't have any confidence about it. And I thought, I, I'm just not up for this. But I remembered what Paul said, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And I just said, Holy Spirit, if this is going to happen, I need help because I don't have it in me right now. So please Give me good thoughts. Help me process this book. Give me good words. 
and uh, I'll turn this assignment in on time. Two hours later, the assignment was due at 11.59. It was 11.52. I finished editing, and I hit send, and I just was so grateful to God that the Holy Spirit is willing to help me with my schoolwork. So whether you're a kid in school or whether you're the parent of children or parent of adult children, in all of our lives, let us remember, let us learn, let us grow deeper into this reality that we do not need to worry. We do not need to fear. It only lowers your capacity. Don't do it, but instead pray about everything. Trust God, and he will take care of you. So you kids have your assignment, right? You watch. If you see any worry this week, you have my permission to say, hey, Mom and Dad, what did Paul say? And what did he say? Can you say it after me? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. One more time. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Yes. All right, let's do it. Well, it's time to worship again. It's time to take communion together, and today we have children in the room, so I just want to remind all of you what this is. Uh, This is that opportunity in the middle of a gathering uh, to do what Jesus said, to obey him really specifically. Jesus said, as often as you get together, I want you to remember me and remember what I did. And Brian told us about what Jesus did, that ultimately He died to take care of sin, and he came back to life so that we could live as well. And so we are just simply remembering Jesus today. So Jesus had some juice at dinner, and he had some bread, and he told his friends, whenever you get together and you eat this bread and you drink this juice, I want you to use these things as a way to remember me. And so he gave us these really simple signs that the juice is kind of like his blood. It's the blood of grapes, and that the bread is like his body. And his body was taken apart, and he gave it to each of his disciples and said, I'm giving you part of myself. I love you. I died for you, and I'm giving you part of myself. And then he said, take this cup, and we dip the bread in the cup, and together we take this. And the cup reminds us that Jesus gave his blood so that we don't need to be punished for sin. And finally, at the end of that dinner, when Jesus was explaining this, he said, one day I will come back to you, and I will lead you in a meal. And I will break the bread, and I will raise the cup. But until that time comes, whenever you get together, remember me in this way. So that's what we'll do once we start singing. Uh, And kids, look to your mom and dad and just see if they want to do that with you or if they have some things to say to you. Uh, No pressure. Let's do this as families today. All right, gentlemen. Thanks, Rick.